Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. When you hear someone talk about blood sugar, you might zone out. That's because a lot of us think that it's only relevant to people with type 2 diabetes. But blood sugar is a topic that everyone should understand. If you want to feel good and have energy, you need to balance your blood sugar. Research shows that even healthy people have wild swings in their blood sugar right after they eat, and spikes in blood sugar make your pancreas work harder. They also make you older, and they put you at a greater risk for weight gain, heart attack, and stroke. Here's why I'm talking about this. Bioptimizers has a new product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. You take two capsules 15 minutes before a meal. Your body will push carbs and glucose into your muscles for use as fuel instead of fat. That means you get stable energy and you don't have that post-meal crash. Better yet, you can improve your workouts and get better gains at the gym. But the biggest benefit is that it'll improve your overall health. Just go to bloodsugarbreakthrough.health for an exclusive 10% off. For 25 years, I've had a strong passion for understanding the science behind why we age and what we can do about it. One of the most groundbreaking discoveries in the last two decades is senolytics. Senolytics are plant-derived or pharmaceutical ingredients that can help your body drop old, worn-out cells. Scientists call them senescent cells, and in my books, I call them zombie cells. As you age, those senescent cells build up in your body. They live for a long time, and they eat up your energy. There is a hack for this. It's called Qualia Senolytic. Your podcast sponsor, Neurohacker Collective, created Qualia Senolytic. It eliminates those zombie cells and has a clinical study that supports its effectiveness. I really felt a difference in how my body moved after just a couple months on Qualia Synolytic. It's upped my energy level even more, and my joints feel really good. If you're over 30 and you want to use a clinically tested formula to help you feel younger, try Qualia Synolytic. To get younger now, visit neurohacker.com Dave and try it risk-free for up to 100 days. Use code Dave at checkout to get 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave. Use code Dave. Today's cool fact of the day is that the most common problem people have with their skin is acne, which affects about 40 to 50 million Americans and countless more people outside of America. About 85% of us have acne at least once in our life, and uh, babies can even get a form of acne. Studies show that baby acne is caused by the mother's hormones that remain in the baby's blood. So you can thank your mom for your acne, at least if it happened when you were still nursing. (laughs) About a quarter of Americans don't get enough vitamin A in their diet. Vitamin A is essential for the human body, and it's been shown to help with inflammation, immune system, maintaining strength and integrity of your bones, and it's part of having a healthy sex life. And today's guest is someone who is going to provide real value. She's someone who's Uh, who's a a personal friend and extremely knowledgeable. She's the first female naturopath in California. She's known as the spa doctor because she's actually a licensed doctor who's worked at one of the the largest spas uh, that you can can work at. And let's see, she was appointed by by former governor Arnold Schwarzenegger to California's Bureau of Naturopathic Medicine Advisory Council. In other words, like she knows what she's doing in, in multiple ways. And she spent her career looking at natural, organic, anti-aging skincare, 
It's coming off a new book. Uh, I'm talking about none other than Dr. Trevor Cates. And Trevor, welcome to Bulletproof Radio. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be here. And can I just add something to your fun fact of the day? Please. Yeah, so acne is actually the eighth most common, uh, most prevalent disease worldwide. The eighth most prevalent disease worldwide. I thought you were going to tell me it was like the eighth most common cause of death, and I was totally going to believe you. <laughs> so I'm really happy. It's just a common disease. Right. So it's no, it's not a common cause of death, but it is really, really common worldwide. And I, I don't think people, oftentimes they don't think of it as being so common and such a big issue. Well, I definitely want to talk about acne. I think everyone listening is, is going to want to hear that because we've all dealt with it at some point or another. And if, if we're not dealing with it, someone in our family or a niece or a nephew or you know, some, other, some other family member is. And it, it's certainly something I dealt with a lot when I was a teenager. I was like you know, fat and pimply. Uh, I also want to make sure that people listening know that we're going to talk about how to keep your skin looking, looking young. Uh, I am planning to live to 180, and I don't want to look like a turtle when I'm 180. So I'm actually paying attention to my skin, maybe more than I would have in my, my 20s. Like for guys, like skincare is like, I rub some sand on my face. Like, ugh. And, and like, it's generally not considered masculine to take care of your skin at all. And it turns out your skin's like an organ. It's, it's useful. And if you are planning to look and feel and even function at your best, I think caring for your skin is, is something that maybe guys should do more of. So we're going to get to that. But let's talk about acne since we're already on the acne thing. What the heck causes acne? Well, you know, the thing about our skin is that it is our largest organ, like you said, and it's right on the surface of our body. So it gives us a lot of information about our overall health. So first of all, I want to mention that my approach to skin is really different than the typical approach because a lot of times with acne, the approach is to just cover it up, suppress it, use a topical steroid or something that's just going to make it disappear quickly. But the problem with that approach is that the common medications used for acne have a lot of different side effects. And it's not addressing what's really going on behind it. What is the root cause of the acne? So with any skin issue, it's a sign that something's out of balance in the body. And so we need to find out what that root cause is. So it's great that you're asking what causes it. And so it's not a matter of like just covering it up. If you're a woman, just covering it up with makeup or just putting a topical treatment on it. It's a matter of one, what is the root cause behind it? So one of the big root causes behind acne has to do with the gut, the gut microbiome, because our skin has its own skin microbiome. And so there's microorganisms that live in and protect our digestive system. That's the gut microbiome, Right. What we do internally with the gut is then going to directly impact our skin health, and that includes breaking out an acne. So our skin also has very different microorganisms that live on it and protect it. So when it gets out of balance, whether it's from internal, you know, from the gut or from externally from what we're putting on our skin, then that skin microbiome gets out of balance, and then that can cause overgrowth of P. acne bacteria or other bacteria that trigger people to break out an acne. So it's a gut biome problem. Uh, one of the things that, that used to just plague me before I, I figured out how the environment was, was changing me is that I would get these, I would call them subterranean pimples. Uh, even like in, in my mid-20s, this was an issue. And, and to this day, I'll still get them very rarely. And what the trigger is, if I spend time in a water-damaged building, uh, this is something, something with environmental toxic mold, it triggers a change in your gut biome 
because the bacteria are like, there's antibiotics from this, this mold floating around in the air. They get all aggressive. They get inflamed. My body gets inflamed, and you get inflammation at a very low level of the skin. And then I end up with these pimples that take three days to emerge and like paint your face bright red. And it, it's horribly annoying, and it's totally repeatable. Like it, It's a, a sign. Something I did three days before causing me to get a pimple now. But when I was younger, I think it was more like fried foods and things like that. I, I always hear, you know, fried foods, bad fats, those cause skin inflammation. But so which is it? Is it like fried foods or is it gut bacteria? Well, what you eat is going to impact your gut health. So certainly your diet plays a role and what you, you know, in developing acne. And there are certain foods that are going to trigger acne. So gut microbiome is not the only cause of acne. It's one of the big root causes but also their hormone imbalances can play a role in that. And part of that has to do with the foods that you're eating. Because if you're eating, you eat a lot of sugar or foods that turn to sugar, you know, things are high on the glycemic index, uh, they're going to increase your blood sugar, which causes a spike in insulin, the hormone insulin. And that increase actually triggers sebum production, excess sebum production, so the oils in our skin plus excess androgen activity. So that combination is one of the big triggers for acne. And there've been, you know, there've been research done on this. Also, skim milk is another one that's been shown in the research to be a big trigger for acne. Did you say skim, skim milk? Oh, skim. 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 Uh, I was like, what Sorry, might be my southern accent. <laughs> skin milk sounds disgusting. I don't want to drink that. It's like nut milk, but even worse. Uh, so <laughs> Oh, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna go there. You just slough off, you know, your loofah and make a little milk out of that. That's disgusting, Trevor. Well, I can't skim believe you. Skim milk's pretty gross too. <laughs> yeah, skim milk is horrible, and, and I used to drink that stuff because I I was on the low fat bandwagon. The reason that would cause this is that they add extra uh, powdered milk to skim milk, so it's not just like a gray water. And that powdered milk is spray dried, so you get oxidized fats and you get damaged cooked casein which is this, uh, this protein that is totally kryptonite on the Bulletproof diet. You don't want damaged casein or pretty much any casein. To be perfectly honest, it's correlated with some increases in cancer. And yes, bodybuilders might take casein, and there are different forms of it. But as a general rule, minimizing gluten and casein in your diet tends to make everyone better, although some people tolerate it better than others. But the link to acne, I, th- I b- would believe, would be the damaged fats. There's still some left, as well as the damaged casein. Am I getting that right, or do you have a different well, theory? Probably not. The research. This is what the research yeah. shows, and they, you know, and the and the research journals. They don't say why that is, but my my feeling has probably may might have partly to do what you're talking about, but also because skim milk is lacking in the fat that's normally there, um, it's going to be more of a higher glycemic index kind of food. So it's go- it, because of the lactose being a sugar, milk sugar that could actually spike people's blood sugar and cause the same kind of issues that I just mentioned. So I think it would be sugar-based. All right, people who are watching on YouTube are going to enjoy this. I'm a cyborg this week. See that thing on the back of my arm there? Uh, It's kind of cool. This is an implantable or at least stick-on with a needle in my arm, a 14-day blood sugar near-field meter, so I can actually like wave my little device over it, and it (laughs) tells me my blood sugar, which is 5.4 millimoles per, per liter right now. So I've been tracking my blood sugar and it's always lower than the normal range, and it's always like a flat line. So apparently this Bulletproof Diet thing, uh, even though it's entirely not backed by science and, and all that, that you know all the, the, the Western medicine people will say, it seems to keep your blood sugar pretty damn stable. At least that's what my data says. That's uh, great. What blood sugar levels would a typical person have to hit in order to start risking acne? Well, 
You know, I I can't say that there's been a lot of research on, on that direct correlation of a specific blood sugar and breaking out in acne. But in general, I tell my patients to try and keep their blood sugar 80, 85 or lower somewhere in that range rather than the typical. They're, this just, is their fasting. This is a fasting, fasting morning blood sugar. sugar. Okay, cool. That, sorry, fasting blood sugar. Um, so uh, the typical range is, you know, you want it to be below 100. That's what most doctors will say. But I like to see my patients more 80, 85 or a little bit lower um, so that we know that it's not going to trigger all the issues that we know that increased blood sugar can cause, like glycation issues, you know, and that's part of what speeds up the aging process, right? So when we have glycation issues, when our blood sugar increases and it's elevated, then that can cause glucose to bind to proteins in our body. And in the case of skin, it's the collagen on our skin. So collagen helps give us give it that texture and helps keep us looking young. So when, when glucose binds to it, it makes it rigid and less elastic. So that's gonna make us wrinkle and have more sagging skin, which we definitely don't want. <laughs> So spikes in blood sugar are a problem, and I uh, anyone listening for about about thirty bucks, you can go to your drugstore, you can buy a blood glucose monitor, and then in the morning when you wake up, you stick a little lancet in your finger. It doesn't hurt as much as you think, but it's not pain free. And you put a little tiny drop of blood on the monitor, and then it gives you a reading. Uh, what I'm doing that's different is I have this thing in my arm, and this is I think like four hundred bucks, uh, and you have to order it from Europe because these aren't approved in the in the U.S. yet. Oops. Uh, but what I'm doing is before and after every meal. So your fasting blood sugar is one thing. What's called your postprandial blood sugar, which is what happens right after you eat, is another thing. And some people who have really good fasting blood sugar in the morning, they'll get like a huge spike to you know 140 or 200 after a meal. And that means you need to change what you're eating or that you're actually insulin resistant and you don't know it, even if your fasting blood sugar is good. So there's there's kind of two variables there. And one of my concerns is that people get candida, this yeast, which also is associated with acne, at least in, in my understanding. So if you're getting big amounts of blood sugar, then you're feeding yeast throughout the body, and that yeast is correlated with all kinds of autoimmune conditions and cancer and, and basically like you know looking like a toad. Did, did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and, and um, certainly candida leads into the gut dysbiosis issues and the gut microbiome and the skin microbiome. So it, it's all connected there. And then one other thing I might suggest with the, the blood sugar is that if people, um, one of the things you can ask for on your blood work is a hemoglobin A1C because hemoglobin A1C is going to tell you what your blood sugar has been doing for an extended period of time rather than just the moment that you take it. So that can be give some great information about what your blood sugar is doing over a longer period of time. Now, there are some concerns about hemoglobin A1C being um, correct for certain people like African-Americans. So there's been some concerns about that because the um, the healthy range is more for white people. So, you know, something to take into consideration. But in general, hemoglobin A1C can be a good indicator. It's so interesting. I did not know that there was a, a racial difference there. Is it just because of melanin? Like, like do we I, know why? I, think what, I don't know why, but when they tested the healthy range for for what they think it should be and created that normal range, mm -hmm. it was based upon a group of white people. And they unfortunately didn't include African-Americans, people of color in that. So now I think they might have to redo their, <laughs> their range and assessment of that. I don't know why it's, it would be different. So in, in my new book, and I know you have a new book that's actually coming out a little bit before mine, we're going to talk about yours is, uh, the skin from within, uh, but in... 
in Headstrong, I did a lot of research on melanin, which is the stuff that makes uh, people with dark skin have dark skin. And it turns out that melanin has the ability to, in the presence of sunlight or vibration or heat, it has the ability to break uh, water into free electrons and free oxygen, which is something that is not mentioned in almost any literature. And some researchers down in, in Mexico looking at how our eyes work finally discovered this after like 10 years of trying to figure out why there's too much oxygen in our eyes. So I would not be surprised if there were just core physiolo- physiological differences that come from being optimized to work with more sunlight at the equator versus white people who are like, you know, we kind of live in caves. That would be Northern Europe because there's just no sun there. So our physiological stuff could be really different. And it's fascinating. And I I suspect we're going to learn a lot more about this. I also think if you take a really tan white person that their blood sugar levels might be different, at least their healthy blood sugar levels might be different than someone who's ghostly pale and lives in Canada. Uh, So I, I can't wait to see what big data tells us over the next few years. I think it's going to inform your science as a naturopath and mine as a, an unlicensed biohacker. <laughs> yeah, well, we certainly know that, that vitamin D changes with people's pigmentation and their skin. So certainly other factors can be playing a role too. Well, all right. So we talked about your book, The Skin, uh, let's see, The Skin From Within. And, and clean Skin From Within, Dave. Clean, is it, it's called Clean Skin? Clean skin from within. All right. My notes say the skin from within. All right. Clean skin from within. So I, I, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is that like I, I've, I've spent a lot of time with you and I know that you really go deep on this stuff in a way that a dermatologist wouldn't because you're a naturopath and because you look at like the system of this. I always had you know, pimply, not pleasant skin whatsoever. And I've been getting a lot of comments over the neck or over the last really three or four years. Like Dave, you're like, what are you doing for your skin? I'm like, butter. Like, like it, it's what you eat. It's not just butter, obviously, but it's avoiding the inflammatory stuff, which comes from food and other lifestyle things. And then uh, um, there's also some amount of like topical care, but really it's mostly like you eat the right stuff and you don't like you, you look younger. And, and that's why I think your book is really cool. So what's like, where can people learn out more? I, I know you have like a free book thing. Um, what, why don't you mention that now? And like everyone who's listening knows this is the opposite of an infomercial. But if you're interested in Trevor's work, Trevor, where can people get your book? Well, I, I do have a special offer for your book, um, for my book, for your audience. It's thespadoctor.com the, the forward slash bulletproof. So it's, um, so doctor is abbreviated DR, thespadoctor.com dot com forward slash bulletproof. And so what I'm doing is offering it for free, free book. And all people have to do is just pay for the shipping for that. And they get a couple bonuses too. They get my best and worst foods for skin cheat sheet and they get a video series. So great bonuses that come along with it. All right. And, and here's the deal, guys. Uh, I just found out about this affiliate code right at the beginning of the interview here because we didn't plan it ahead of time. And apparently I have some back end cut. If you don't want to give that to me, that's cool. Just go to tell me the URL again without slash bulletproof on it. And like, I, I'm totally like, I, I don't do the podcast to get affiliate codes. So I'm cool either way. But where can people go if they just want the book without any, any Dave bulletproof stuff in there? Oh. So they can just go to my website, thespotdoctor.com. All right. There you go. So you can go there if you don't want to, if you don't, you don't want to support the show. And if you want to support the show, it was. What was the one with slash bulletproof? forward slash bulletproof. All right, that's easy. Thespadoctor.com slash bulletproof. All right, there you go. So anyhow, I do the same thing with my book, orderheadstrong.com. If you go there, you get like a bunch of freebie stuff. And this is something that most authors, at least successful authors, are doing today where we're like, okay, if you're going to support us by, by buying our books, like we're going to give you free stuff that we want you to have. Like I just want the knowledge out there just like you. And when people 
have knowledge about what to do for their skin, like it, it's actually it's worth something intrinsically because people feel better, right? When you look better, you feel better and things like that. Right. Absolutely. Let's talk about old skin. Like I don't want to have old skin, right? I'm like in my mid forties now. Can you believe that? I shouldn't even trust myself. I'm over 30, but uh, my skin is looking pretty damn good. I've done all sorts of crazy stuff. Like I've had skin cells from my butt injected in my face. So all the seventh grade stories about um, being a butt face are, are actually true. And uh, you know, I, I eat clean stuff and all that, but I, I think maybe I'm an extreme example. For someone who's listening to this going, all right, I want to have better skin than I have now. There's probably like a set of behaviors for women because women have different hormonal uh, fluctuations every month than men do. And they have less testosterone. So men are going to get like testosterone, acne, maybe more so than women. So like, let's divide this. What should women do to have uh, like really good skin? And then tell me what men should do. And, and what's the overlap? I, I think I've never asked this before, but I always wanted to know. No, that's that's an interesting way to divide it up. Now, I mean, I would say that, yeah, women do have different hormonal issues, but otherwise it's going to be pretty similar. Okay. What I found is that there are six root causes behind skin issues. And so what I did is I created a skin quiz to help people identify their skin type. And then they can understand which of the root causes are a problem for them. So um, I want to talk about some of the root causes, but I also want to tell you about the skin types. Because what I did is I was so tired of the typical dry, oily, mature, you know, those types of skin types. So what I did is I renamed them, I redefined them, and I named them all, gave them all people names. So they're Amber, Sage, Olivia, Heath, and Emmett. And the reason Emmett? is... Emmett, yeah. You're kind of like a new age millennial name is Emmett. Come on, Trevor. Okay, Trevor's a pretty hip name too. All right, so so you've got all these like, all right. So wait a minute. Am I like an Olivia? Am I going to be able to go into the store and be like, hi, I'm an Olivia. Can you help me? Like, are they going to... What's going to happen You you should go to theskinquiz.com and find out your skin type. I admit (laughs) that before the show, I did not do the skin quiz. All right. Okay. And and this is on... You should. This is on your website? yeah, it's right, that. Well, I will, I will do it. Or they can just go to the go to my website or go to theskinquiz.com. And so, what I the reason why I create them with people names is I see my patients as people, right? They're rather than just a skin disease or a skin type. And mm. everyone has every one of their own group of root causes associated with, so that people can because I couldn't sit down with every single person around the world, right? I can only, you know, see people in Park City one-on-one or, you know, over phone appointments. But I wanted to help people find their root causes because that's when they're really going to help clear up their skin issues and age gracefully. So, I mean, like for sage skin types, one of their big problems or concerns aging. They feel like they're aging more rapidly than other people. So their root causes are going to be different than an emmet skin type that tends to have more things like itchy, inflamed skin or eczema. But it has to do with the root causes behind that. Did you date a boy in high school named Emmett? No, I did not. Why are you so hung up on this name? (laughs) I I do have a cousin named Emmett and he's one of my favorite cousins. Does he have like itchy skin? I'm just wondering if like, like there's a person out there, you're like, I'm naming this one Olivia and that one Emmett because I like, I didn't like this person because I don't have great skin. (laughs) They all have their skin issues, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, so there's this kind of pudgy kid named Emmett with inflamed skin. So tell me more about his skin. (laughs) 
so we'll eat with each of the skin types, they have a root cause and we want to address that. And, you know, you were talking about how a lot of what helps has helped you with your skin has been diet, right? And so I think about 80% of healthy skin has to do with what's going on internally, what like healthy lifestyle, diet, exercise, stress management, those kinds of things. And then 20% is to what we put on our skin. Because I used to think for many, many years, I'm in a naturopathic physician for 17 years. I'm in my mid forties. And um, so I thought it was older than you. I guess what Um, you're doing works because you like, you do look younger than than me. Damn it. More skin (laughs) cells, more stem cells. I got to do something about this. We're going to race. All right. Um, so, so I think that, you know, as many years as a naturopathic physician, I thought it all came from the inside out. I thought it was a hundred percent from the inside out. And then when I, I hit my forties, like or my early forties, I thought, well, wait a minute, maybe there is something to the skincare products. And that's why I started doing research on skincare ingredients and skincare products and found some really interesting stuff about natural um, what makes natural products actually effective rather than just the ones that are non-toxic? Because we want to avoid harmful chemicals in our personal care products because it is a real problem. And on average, we use nine personal care products every day, which exposes us to 126 unique ingredients. And the problem with that is that in the United States, the FDA has only banned 11 ingredients, whereas in Europe, they've banned over 1,000 ingredients in personal care products. Wow. I, I've yep. often thought that embalming fluid would be really good for my face because then like, it won't age at all because it'll just be like held in time. Is, is that not true? But that would be legal under the FDA, right? But, you know, and actually, <laughs> embalming fluid contains formaldehyde and actually quite a few of the products <laughs> that we use, that people use, contain formaldehyde or formaldehyde releasers. There's a whole group of chemicals that are used in very common skincare products that are known as formaldehyde releasers. And they have these crazy weird names. So you would never know it contains formaldehyde because it's like DMDM hydantoin, which says nothing about formaldehyde in the name. But if you put those products on your skin, it actually releases formaldehyde into the air around you and actually absorbs through your skin. Uh, formaldehyde is particularly scary. Um, Lana, uh, you know, Lana, uh, Dr. Lana, my wife, she went to med school and they do a lot of work with cadavers. You, like you have to cut them into little pieces and look at their parts to become a good doctor. And she developed a formaldehyde sensitivity. Like when she's around formaldehyde containing products, like it, she just like gets really dizzy and like has to like go lay down. Like, like it, it's, it's a problem. Like formaldehyde furniture for her is, is completely not okay. And it's, it's straight from med school. So formaldehyde is nasty stuff. And I test products for it, like food products. And I've been wanting for three years to launch a, a ketone salt supplement. And right now I use brain octane as the source of exogenous ketones with really great lab data from the University of California on how it raises ketones. And it's formaldehyde free, but all of the keto salts that I can find out there have formaldehyde and acetone in them. And it's like, man, I, I want to sell these, but I'm not. Yet other people are selling those products. What does formaldehyde do on the on the body and in the body? Like, kind of walk me through that because I I find it scary. Yeah, well, what the the biggest thing with formaldehyde is that it, it's a known carcinogen, so it causes Oops. cancer. Yeah, so that's that's one of the reasons why we definitely want to avoid it. And and it we know it's most toxic really when it's inhaled. So that's one of my concerns about the formaldehyde releasers and personal care products is that it's that it's releasing formaldehyde into the air. So you're actually breathing it in. So anytime it's released, that's particularly toxic. Is that whole list on your website or in the book? 
Yeah, I absolutely. And my book, I have the top 20 worst ingredients that the ones that you absolutely want to avoid. And I have all the names of formaldehyde releasers and, and all the resources in my book, clean skin from within. I can tell you that that is not something I knew about. Uh, like I, I didn't realize there were that many of them and the formaldehyde releasing thing seems really nasty. What are the top three worst ingredients that people listening right now could like check their bottle of lotion for? Yeah. Well, one ingredient that might surprise people is fragrance. And a lot of products contain fragrance. But when manufacturers put the word fragrance on there, it's an opportunity to hide a lot of ingredients. And for example, one of the ingredients that's commonly found in fragrance are phthalates, in particular diethyl phthalate. Phthalates are plasticizing agents, and they're known hormone-disrupting chemicals. And so we talked about you know, root causes of skin issues and hormones being one of them. And here are people are using a lot of a lot of the skincare products and the harmful ingredients have hormone-disrupting effects. So here you are using these products to try and people are trying to make themselves look younger and and uh, look better, but they actually could be disrupting their hormones even further and creating more accelerated aging and acne breakouts and all kinds of things. So, so fragrance is something that you want to be careful with. And unfortunately it's in a lot of products, even some of the so-called natural ones. It shouldn't be there. What about natural fragrance? What's your take on that? Well, essential oils is, is the best alternative. And so, you know, with synthetic fragrance versus, you know, with the word fragrance, there's no real regulation with that. So if somebody is saying mm. natural fragrance, what does that mean? It, it doesn't I, mean it, anything, right? It doesn't really mean anything. So what I would suggest is look for those that contain essential oils. That's why we use them in the Spot Doctor products is because we wanted people to have that, you know, that luxurious smell and feel um, of skincare products. People are used to that, but without the downside of the synthetic fragrance. It also gets really weird because there's regulatory stuff that most people listening would have no idea about. So it's legal to put whatever the hell you want in as a fragrance in a skincare product. But like when we're making uh, fat water, uh, I have natural flavors in there. And I tell people in my books, like, don't eat stuff with natural flavors because you don't know what's in there. So I went and I'm like talking with my, my flavoring people like, okay, are these actually coming from fruits and vegetables? Yes, they are. So like like these are properly extracted. Like you go through the whole science, like, all right, this is a safe natural flavor, but it still has to be called a natural flavor because that's what the FDA says it is. And you're like, ah, like, like, like the word itself is meant to obfuscate. So it's possible you could have someone that says fragrance on the label and it might, it might be, but it's unlikely that it's a harmless fragrance that's synthetic. And it's possible that it's a naturally derived, if it's a natural fragrance that is harmless, but the ones I trust say, uh, basically essential oils. Otherwise, no. All right. And I, yeah. have to, I have an essential oil question for you. Now, there is at least one study that says that lavender in men causes us to grow man boobs. And that <laughs> it goes away six weeks after you stop using it. And now, I will, yeah. full disclosure here, I have a problem with man boobs. I used to be obese. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Anytime I get inflammation, I, I get man boobs. It's, it's just irritating as all hell. And, <laughs> and so, like, I'm a little afraid of lavender I'm so glad you brought that up because um, unless there's new research that's come out since I last looked, I looked at like um, a couple months ago at the research and what I saw with these lavender studies and I looked at them, they were like three boys um, in each of the studies. There were two studies, I think, and there were three boys in each one and they developed, yeah, they did, they were starting to develop 
um, man boobs, right? And so <laughs> I like how you started, like have to pause to say that because it wasn't gy- <laughs> gynecomastia, which just isn't a cool word. Man boobs is way cooler. I'm just gonna go with what Dave says. My, my new um, ringtone, by the way, is you saying "man boobs, man boobs" every time my phone rings. It's perfect. Um, so with with those, the interesting thing was that it was products that were were made with synthetic ingredients. So they were using soaps and cleansers and lotions that have a number of different chemicals in them. So how do you know it's a lavender? It's not like it was uh, a lavender essential oil. They were lavender scented products. Oh, with so, like estrogen straight in them, okay. Yeah, so it could have had the, the synthetic fragrance with phthalates in them. It could have had, um, you know, any number of hormone disrupting chemicals that are common in products. All right, so, like, so my... My executive assistant, Genevieve, runs a lavender farm, so I'm going to get a whole bunch of lavender oil and smear it on my man boobs, and if they get really big, I'm calling you. All right, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) I'd like you to to do that experiment. (laughs) (laughs) I actually will, although I'm allergic to some kinds of lavender. But here's the thing. like There are weird environmental things around essential oils. Like, like, Like We use them at 40 Years of Zen, the brain training thing to help people recover more quickly from like an intense brain training session. But if you put the wrong oil in the wrong place, like it, it, it can have a profound effect. So, so part of me is a little bit worried about like sort of smearing essential oils that have unusual effects all over the body as a daily skincare regimen. Do you ever worry about like, do you ever worry about that or are they just not strong enough to matter? Well, you know, I think Sure. If you're using straight essential oils, I mean, there is there is definitely a dilution factor. You want to you don't want to use super high concentrations of essential oils anyway. I mean, it can be irritating to the skin. If you use essential oil straight to the skin, many of them can be very could cause people to react to them and be sensitizing. So um, what I suggest is that people dilute them. And it depends. Some essential oils are stronger than others. Like tea tree oil is super strong. Anybody that's ever opened a thing of tea tree oil knows how strong that is. So you want to dilute them. And, and lavender oil is one that's pretty strong too. So I usually have people dilute that. So if, if somebody were using like a, a bottle of my Glow Boost, which is step, step four in my system, I would tell them to add just a few drops of that, maybe 10 drops, you know, max. And that's, you know, so it's, it's not like you're using straight essential oils and like just slathering all over your body. All right. Uh, that, <laughs> that's a, that's a fair answer. I, I always in the back of my mind, I'm like, am I treating myself in essential oil if I'm just using a skincare product? But I, I think the answer to that one pretty good. All right. Let's talk about dry skin. What's up with dry skin? Well, it depends on the dry skin because there are a lot of different factors that can play a role in dry skin. I, I live in Park City, Utah. We're high up in elevation. It's winter most of the year. <laughs> so a lot of people here have dry skin. Part of that's environmental, right? But if if you know, you're getting dry skin year round, then it might be something more internally going on. And that could be people aren't getting enough water or they're dehydrated because they're not getting the right types of fats. If you're having excess amounts of trans fats or hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated oils, rather than the better fats like avocado oil or olive oil, coconut oil, grass-fed butter, those kinds of things are definitely going to be better than than something like the trans fats. So that's a big part of, of dry skin is addressing it from the inside out, getting hydration, getting the right fats. Um, 
if it's if it's inflamed and irritated in addition to being dry, then there might be some issues with food intolerances, food sensitivities, or something topically that you're using on your skin that's irritating it. All right, then what about uh, thyroid? That seems to be a part of the equation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, with any skin issue, I'm always trying to figure out what the root cause is. And so with dry skin, if if somebody has low thyroid function or a suboptimal thyroid function, one of the biggest ways that shows up is dry skin. So if somebody has low energy, maybe they're constipated, um, they're cold, those kinds of issues, in addition to having dry skin, then I would look more into addressing a thyroid and maybe even adrenals because adrenals and thyroid are closely connected. What about having too much thyroid? What does that do to your skin? People that have too much thyroid. So if somebody is, for example, someone's hypothyroid and they start, if their dose of thyroid medication is too high, they might actually start developing acne. So their skin might go the opposite direction and be more oily and acne prone. Same thing if someone has hyperthyroidism, they might notice their skin is particularly oily and acne prone. So it's amazing how thyroid does that. And in Headstrong, I, I wrote a lot about how thyroid controls mitochondrial function, and mitochondria actually make uh, some of your hormones, like pregnenolone, which is the, the main, they call the mother hormone that, that converts to DHEA and converts to testosterone, estrogen, and all these other things, progesterone, uh, that it, it, at the end of the day, it, it does come down to mitochondria, and thyroid is the, the thermostat for that. So not enough thyroid, dry skin, too much oily skin, which is, to me, just a fascinating multi-step system in the body. And it is. And so for people to just say, oh, I have dry skin or to say they have oily skin or something, that is just not enough information. That's why I think the root cause and redefining skin types is so important. It's kind of like saying I'm tired. Like, well, you know, there are multiple reasons you might be tired. It's kind of not enough to be diagnostic. So it's just one little data point. But without the picture of the system, how are you going to know? Yeah. And so much, though, of uh, dermatologists and estheticians, a lot of times will dry skin, so let's put this cream on you and make you better. <laughs> it's right. not really addressing the root cause. Yeah. I got dry skin recently that, that was kind of it was kind of interesting. I picked up a brain-eating amoeba in a, a very uh, very exotic environment uh, known as Phoenix. <laughs> and it's completely worked my digestive tract over for like for four months. Like nothing worked right. And I went to three different specialists and finally found uh, found the root cause and took some some relatively heavy duty drugs. Um, this amoeba like damages the microvilli in your gut, so my ability to absorb fats and everything else was going down. And if it successfully drilled its way through, which it didn't, because well, this whole bulletproof resilience, high collagen thing seems to help with that sort of thing. But it could have actually killed me, which would have been really irritating. So. Uh, what I did is I took some drugs for it and I was fine in a week, but then I started developing really dry skin after that. And the fix for me was to take betaine HCL, which is basically stomach acid, because when you take certain antibiotics or just as you age, you make less stomach acid and then you can't absorb fat very well. Uh, so I used to take uh, maybe six grams with every meal and I haven't needed to take it in about three or four years because I fixed my gut, but this stuff damaged my gut again. So now I'm refixing my gut and I'm taking more hydrochloric acid. So like, even if you eat the right fats, if you can't absorb them, you yeah. still have dry skin, but like who would ever think of that stuff, right? Brain eating amoebas cause dry skin. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really, 
you know, addressing any gut issues, again, going back to the gut, it is a really important part of a healthy skin. And so anything that's going to throw off that gut microbiome, throw off that, you know, and, and which can lead to leaky gut and some other issues with the gut. So that can definitely impact the skin. And, you know, as a naturopathic physician, we, we, you know, of course, the naturopathic physicians, we talk about the gut and relationship to a lot of different aspects of our health. And it's no different with skin. What about some other things that people listening might want to talk about? Dark circles. These things used to plague me. I always had really dark circles. I get like these little lines on the outside of my eyes, like pointing down. They call it like sad puppy eyes. And like, it goes like, like people literally had asked me if I'd been in a fight. And I'm like, no, I just look this way. <laughs> so what's up with dark circles under the eyes? I don't really get them that much anymore but unless I deserve them. But um. Well, and there's a reason why you don't get them anymore. The most common cause of those dark circles has to do with, um, there's a nickname for them called allergic shiners. Exactly. And- yeah, so they come from food allergies or sensitivities and tolerances. So because you've cleaned up your diet and you're probably avoiding the foods that you're intolerant or sensitive to, then those dark circles will go away. Now, for some people, it's partly genetics and their skin tone has to do with the dark circles. But if you're, um, the biggest things are get a good night's sleep, work on your sleep, and also look for food intolerances or allergies and avoid those. And they usually clear up. And if you just happen to, for some people, it's just like occasionally they get them. Mm -hmm. And maybe, yeah, yeah, I know I didn't get a good night's sleep or I know I ate something that I wasn't supposed to. Here's a little a little uh, DIY trick, get Arnica gel and put Arnica gel under your eyes. And that helps clear up the, the dark under eye circles. It, there's a, a product called Tromiel, uh, which really used to work amazingly well. Tromiel is an Arnica gel with some other like homeopathic stuff. And I know about this stuff because uh, going back like 10 plus years, I would get IV treatments. I did intravenous treatments for high mercury and high lead and so I've had a lot of needles in my arm. Now I just get IV vitamins. And I used to get these huge bruises, like the size of a, of a, a golf ball, anytime they'd put a needle in. And the doctor would put a Tremiel on there and it would stop. I would never bruise ever. It, it was like miraculous. And then Tremiel changed its formula and now it totally doesn't stop bruising the way it used to, but it might still work on, on shiners. But yeah, I was kind well, of annoyed. Yeah, tr- you, I mean, you can get straight Arnica gel yeah. and you could try that. Um, also, there you know there are other brands, Highlands, for example. They, you know okay. there are other brands that make arnica gel. What's the what's your favorite brand of arnica gel? Um, you know, for for aches and pains, my actually it used to be Tromiel until they changed. It doesn't work. It does for me. It doesn't work yeah. as well anymore. I really like the Highlands brand. Um, I like how do their, you spell that? H Y L A H Y L A N D S. I don't okay. have any affiliation with them. I used to do some work with them, but I don't anymore. So okay, but, it's just it's just a recommendation from yeah. someone who like because you, you yeah. see people clinically and all. Yeah, and I, I do swear by Arnica, like like Arnica. I've never felt it orally. I've taken it. It doesn't seem to do anything. But when you smear it on your skin, it does something that's really cool. And I don't know the mechanism of action, but it, it's pretty repeatable when you get a good quality product. All right, I'm going to ask you one more question before we run out of time. Actually, two more questions. Um, one of them is, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think. We talked about dark circles. All right, what about like wrinkles? Because like... I saw a wrinkle on my forehead the other day and I was like, oh my God, now I'm really old. I'm kidding. I've had wrinkles for a while. But you know, like, like, we get like wrinkles around our eyes. You don't, but like the normal people do. <laughs> and, and, and like on our foreheads and things like that, what's going to stop those the most? Like, do I need to be injecting like paint filler or something in there? Like, 
please don't. Please don't do that. <laughs> I know you like experiment on yourself, but please don't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's normal for us to age, right? We all, you know, we all are going to get some wrinkles and some changes in our skin. It's inevitable because there's gravity and there's aging. There's just changes that happen. And it's not so bad because, hey, you know, that means we've been living and laughing. We've got smile lines that, you know, hey, we're alive. That means that's a good thing. Nobody wants a real frozen Botox looking face, right? Those just mm-hmm. don't look right. Um, so, but there are things that you can do certainly to slow down the process so that it doesn't, so you don't look older than you are. And hopefully you look younger than you are. And maybe even, you know, if you're a woman, maybe you look younger than your daughter. Who knows? So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot here. So you've never used Botox? No. Mm-mm. Okay. You didn't even pause for a second to be like, should I tell them the truth? So that was a truthful answer. If you guys see the video, you'll know. So and I, I, told, I believe you because I, I know you too. You wouldn't lie about that. But and yeah. you, you're, I mean, if people, people see you on your website and all that, like you, you really do look youthful. So it's one thing that I always say like, and I may piss off a few, like don't trust a fat doctor who tells you to lose weight, right? Because they're just not going to give you good advice. Like, I'm sorry, like if you can't do it for yourself, or maybe if they can tell you, look, I'm, I'm heavy because I have a 100-pound tumor. I'm going to get removed. Okay, that's one thing. But the rest of the time, like, it, it's not okay. And same thing. If you're, if you're dealing with a skincare doctor who looks older than they are, you're like, okay. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. Like, like you know, sh- show, show me what works here. So uh, that's, uh, uh, no. that's just me saying that you're putting your money where your mouth is. You clearly, you. you clearly walk the talk and talk the walk and go both ways on that, which is cool. Thank you. So it really goes back. To, it really goes back to that eighty twenty thing. It's eighty percent of what you do internally. What your you know, healthy lifestyle. What are you eating? What are you, how are you managing your stress? Are you exercising? And then twenty percent. What are you putting on your skin? Because both of those play a role in the aging process. And like I said, when I was when I hit forty, I was like, oh, maybe I need to look at this skincare stuff because maybe that does play a role. And I did see a dramatic difference in my skin when I started using the skincare products too. So it's really a combination thing. And so, and a lot of with diet, a lot of it boils down to a few different nutrients. So antioxidants are important because oxidative oxidative damage is one of the big root causes that accelerates the aging process, right? So eating lots of antioxidant, colorful fruits and vegetables, also getting the right kinds of fats, as I mentioned before, those are really important for our skin, skin hydration. Um, also things that help support our collagen. So getting foods that support collagen, vitamin C rich foods, for example, also things like bone broth and, you know, gelatin, collagen, collagen supplements, those all can help support healthy skin and graceful aging from the inside out. Um, so those are all important. And, you know, we, of course we want to address any root causes, right? So gut issues. So if we're not absorbing the nutrients, we're not absorbing those healthy fats, then that's not going to help us. So we want to address those root causes. And then topically using products with a lot of the same kinds of ideas. So antioxidant rich ingredients in skincare products, things like resveratrol, CoQ10, making sure that though that they're the right kinds and you're not using the harmful ingredients with the hormone disrupting chemicals, instead using clean ones. And then another thing that we haven't really talked about is the pH of your skin. That actually plays a really big role in the aging process. Our skin is actually does best at the pH range of four to 4.5. And skincare products, a lot of them have a high pH. 
which actually speeds up the aging process. It impacts our skin microbiome and it speeds up the aging if we're using high pH products. And if you think about it, even water has a neutral pH of seven, which so even water is going to disrupt the skin's natural pH. So we want to use skincare products that have that 4.5 to 5 pH range that helps maintain a healthy skin microbiome and pH. Should I be like misting apple cider vinegar on my face or something? Oh, no, please don't do that. Because that's going to be too <laughs> acidic. <laughs> but, but it's just a little bit. I mean, you can cut it with water, right? A couple couple drops. If you, if you combine it with other ingredients, then it could be okay. <laughs> All right. Good good deal. No battery acid on the face. All right. I, I, I hear you on that one. Uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting, though, because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you have to be alkaline. My experience with alkaline water is that it didn't make my skin look very good. It also didn't help my digestion either. What's your take on alkaline water? Well, I think that when when it comes to people oftentimes ask me about what about diet? Does it need you to eat an alkalinizing diet or drink the alkalinizing water? And I think for the most part, if you're eating lots of vegetables, <laughs> you're going to be balancing out the pH internally. So you're going to get and you, you know, you don't want to overdo it with acidic foods like sugar and too much dairy or gluten or those kinds of things, you know, a lot of wheat, those are going to be too acidic. So you just eat more vegetables and don't worry so much about the alkalizing water. I don't uh, think that that's yeah. as much of an issue i i had geez i spent twelve hundred dollars on an alkaline water machine in 1998 and like it it was not good for me i was like like my digestion didn't work for a while and i've i've tried like every kind of alkaline water forever bottom line is alkaline springs kill animals and people say oh the bulletproof diet is too acidic i'm like i've had my blood taken i've had my urine like lots of times and i actually i'm borderline too alkaline like I'm working to make my system more acidic when, when you do this sort of stuff because of the number of vegetables that, that are in the diet. So yeah, I, I think that's mostly overblown, except in a few cases where like halfway through a marathon, you might want to switch to alkaline water to help deal with lactic acid. Like there are times, but, but yeah. man, th- that doesn't seem like a, a way to make your skin look good. Either putting alkaline water on your skin is clearly bad, but yeah. even taking it internally doesn't seem like it's going to, to give you better looking skin. All right. Well, thanks for sharing a bunch of a bunch of tips, a bunch of thoughts, and I think the main takeaway for for listeners is that eighty percent of how your skin looks is what you put in your mouth, and if if you're going to put stuff on your skin, it ought to be stuff that's safe to put in your mouth. Is that kind of a, a good synopsis yeah. here? Right. It's true. If you can't put it in your mouth, you probably shouldn't be putting it in your skin because you're likely going to absorb a lot of those ingredients. That that's actually the rule in our house uh, with my kids, with my wife. That was in the Better Baby book. It's like, look. Your skin absorbs food. In fact, this is a little known fact, and you have kids. So when, when children are under two years old, 50% of their calories are absorbed through the skin on their face, not through their mouth. Few people know this. Huh. You don't believe me at all, do you? <laughs> I'm going to have to go look that up, Dave. <laughs> I, I delivered this so, so cleanly. No, but there has to be a reason that kids smear food all over their face all the time, but it's not because they're absorbing it through their skin. I'm sure that's not why. But anyway, that, that's just my, my made-up fake science of the day. I'm, I'm in the realm of alternative facts here, and that's an alternative <laughs> fact and a damn good one. All right. On that lovely note, uh, Trevor, if someone came to you tomorrow and said, like, I want to kick ass at everything I do, including how I look, but not just that, you know, like, like at life, three most important pieces of advice you'd have for them, what would you tell them? Absolutely. So first thing is to 
you know, eat more vegetables, get more balanced foods. I mean, eat whole foods. That's really the biggest thing. And we've been talking a lot about how it's 80% of what you do internally in your lifestyle. So certainly food plays a big role in that. So just eat more vegetables. If you can't do anything else, eat more vegetables. Um, get them in your smoothie or however you can do it. Like um, ketchup and french fries. <laughs> right. No, no. Greens are better. <laughs> Sorry. I, I went into government mode there. I'll, I'll... Okay. Right. More, more veggies. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And then you know, figure out ways to, to move your body and de-stress. Those are, those are really important because it's actually really help with the skin too. Um, I talk about all of this in my book. It's a very much of a, a combined approach of clean body, clean, you know, clean mind, clean slate, clean plate. I cover all of those in the book. And, and then the third thing is, is using the clean skincare products. And the, it's really the most important ones are the ones you use every day. Those daily uh, that daily um, ritual that you have with your skincare products, those are the more, most important ones to choose non-toxic but natural actives in that that good pH range. Awesome. Your book is called Clean Skin From Within. And if people go to thespadoctor, that's dr.com, then if you go to thespadoctor.com slash bulletproof, you'll send them a book if they pay for shipping, uh, which is pretty cool and give a bunch of free stuff. And if you just want to like check out uh, Trevor's work and you want nothing to do with any sort of codes or whatever, just go to thespadoctor.com. That's totally cool too. Uh, I'm not here to, to sell books, but I actually think that Trevor's book is worthy of your attention. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have her on the show. So I, I, like, I like new sources of knowledge and things, and things that look at the system of the human body. And Trevor, being a naturopath, not just a dermatologist, uh, you, you definitely think like that. And we've had a chance to, to chat. I've been on your show and things like that. So I, uh, I highly recommend that people check out your book. Uh, while you're at it, since you're going to be going and ordering books and all that stuff, Headstrong is available for pre-order. And you totally should go to orderheadstrong.com, thespadoctor.com slash bulletproof to get Trevor's amazing new book about your skin, which is going to get to you first and because your book comes out in March. And then Headstrong comes out only three weeks later. And you can do that at orderheadstrong.com. So do Trevor and me a favor. Go out there and check out some books. One of the most important things you can do for your brain is you can read a lot. And I have this huge stack of books that I'm working my way through right now. It's actually like this tall. And because I am a Bulletproof Radio guy, I get all the books before they come out. Like I'm holding this copy of Headstrong and on the back of it, it's not even the right back because this is like the pre-release version with like the crappy cover that's like rubs off when you do it. But... It's cool because I get to read all those, so uh, I, I get that access. And for you, if you want to just naturally do what's right for your body, having baseline knowledge about how stuff actually works is worth it for you. And I can tell you, if you're 25 right now and you don't have pimples or some other like skin problem, you probably don't think about your skin that much, especially if you're a guy. Women, I think that I don't know, you guys genetically look at your skin more than guys do, but um, here's the deal. If you do a few basic things that are preventative maintenance in your 20s, when you're in your mid-40s like Trevor and me, although I still don't believe you about that, but anyway, like you are going to really, really like how you look and all your friends are going to look at you and be like, what did you do? And you're like, well, I, you know, I, I had some butter. Like I stopped eating bad stuff and things like that. So small changes that come from having information are totally the things that make it easy and effortless and cheap versus waiting till you're like, I'm 45 and I look like I'm 55. So now it's time to go in for like lasers and drills and injections and Botox and, you know, Frankenstein face and all that kind of stuff. Lots of people do that, but you don't want to go there. So just do it right in the first place. 
Trevor, thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio. It's always a pleasure uh, to get to hang out with you and ask you some questions. And I am going to be smearing lavender on my man boobs and see what happens. And if they get really big, I'm totally going to call you out on this. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Dave. It's been so great to be here. Have an awesome day. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.